Welcome to False Bottom Girls, a podcast about the wonderful yet sometimes confusing world of beer and brewing. Hi, I'm Rachel Hudson, owner of Pilot Brewing and an Advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair, sensory expert, home brewer, and Advanced Cicerone. Welcome everyone to this episode of False Bottom Girls. That is Rachel, I'm Jen, and we're talking about Lambic. Very good. Done. That's it. That's all. That's that we it. have to say. Yeah. You can I... refer to our other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is actually just an index yeah. uh, where we tell you what other episodes to go listen to. And um, yeah, I think the most I can contribute to this is what I just said to Rachel of what if somebody made a lambic with clams and called it clambic? That would be gross. It would be really gross. I mean, I already don't like clams. I've so never had like, clams. So yeah, I guess I really haven't either. But I just don't. I just know I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so it's good enough for me. Right. Yes. Yeah, so Lambic is a style of beer. It's originated in Brussels. It Brussels, Belgium. Belgium. Yes. Sorry. Brussels. Not to be confused with mussels or clams. But I see your reach there. Oh man, clambics made in mussels. <laughs> clambics made in mussels. I've got like a whole like SpongeBob under the sea <laughs> theme. See, this is how we can explain beer to kids. You know, make cartoons instead of lambic. It's a clambic, and it's like a beer bottle that walks around. It looks like a clam, and it's from mussels instead of Brussels. You know. <laughs> be awesome and they don't eat mussels there because that would be weird That's so cannibalism. they eat they eat um they eat pearls because <laughs> that's cute right <laughs> instead of mussels see all right anyways yeah moving on we're not kid people <laughs> <laughs> i have like so many important things to do and here i am talking about spongebob <laughs> A, a version of clambics and mussels to teach kids about beer. This yes. is what my mind goes to. I am an awful person. Yeah. See, Rachel was like, can we record this in half an hour? And I was like, yes. And then immediately derailed us. I know. We have <laughs> 26 minutes left to tell you <laughs> everything you need to know about lambics. Yes. So go ahead, Jen. Well, I just like to make, I just like to make her go. <laughs> just put her on the spot. Okay. Go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Lambic is one of the oldest beer styles. I'm definitely, I like definitely started this even with my body language as somebody who doesn't um, have anything prepared to talk about. I really like Lambics. They're very, 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 You're very, expert. very, very good. They are. <laughs> we should just come back to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think. Uh... All right. So today we're talking about Lambics. Um, this is a great style of beer. It's a, one of the oldest styles of beer. It's not the most brewed styles of beer due to its use of spontaneous fermentation and really long aging time. But when it's done right, it can be done well. Um, so a Lambic is a Belgian style beer that's brewed with 40 to 60% unmalted wheat. Um, 
and barley, the rest of barley, and it's using a turbid mash procedure. I do believe we went over this mash procedure in another episode, in our mm-hmm. tax episode. Um, we talked Texas about it in our taxes episode. We also talked about it in our mashing episode. Yes. So there's a, a turbid mash is a mash procedure that we think was basically born out of brewers getting around different tax laws when it came to brewing. But it's a complex mash procedure that involves getting the most out of the grain and the most potential uh, proteins out of the grain. You're getting a really hazy wart from this mash procedure. Um, very dextrinous wort, very high in protein. Um, proteinaceous. Proteinaceous wort. I'm, I'm going to write that on my uh, master test. <laughs> Lambic has a proteinaceous wort. Like what? Uh, you minus, minus one, Rachel. <laughs> right there for that use of wort. <laughs> but protein rich, um, dextrinous wort leads to a hazy beer. We're talking about a light colored beer. Um, very light colored one of the lightest colored you're not going to find dark lambic examples at least in my experience i really don't think i've ever come across i mean if we're talking about straight lambic and not fruit lambic probably not i yeah yeah um, you can see fruited stuff will take on the fruit color for sure but right but and as it ages it will get darker but yeah like it's not going to be brown like i was actually in my memories on social media four years ago I was in Belgium at this time and my memory from yesterday was a Cantillon Lambic from 1983 that our tour guide had and we were it was you know it's like I can set the entire scene because we were staying in Vlederen all of us were staying in this Airbnb that was super cool and was like right on the corner so like you see like the big like Brabant horses like mm-hmm. the, like those jacked belgian horses like go yeah. by and stuff you know it's like letterin is a teeny teeny tiny little village there's like three restaurants and they were all closed every time we wanted to get food <laughs> um but the he had this 1983 canteon lambic uh that i don't even remember how he found it or where he found it um but he had been saving it and brought it out and yeah it i mean it was really good, but even that was whatever math is like 30 years old. I don't know. 1980 was 20 years ago to me still. Um, but even that 40, was no. 40 years old. Fuck. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, so yeah, at the time then it was like 36 and it like, it was darker but it was still yeah, like it wasn't age, a dark yeah. beer it yeah. was like a at best light amber yeah uh so they are called light malted or light colored malts and grains um so we're typically we're talking about a beer that goes through its mash its turbid mash process it gets boiled it's usually used aged hops um hops that are aged for a couple years typically they're aged in a barn so they might take on these musty characters um they have very little little bitterness left so we're using them for aroma and for antibacterial properties and so that's why one of the reasons why um hops are the ibus of these beers are so low is because the hops will inhibit spontaneous or lactobacillus growth any spontaneous fermentation growth so we need that 
in order to produce this beer. And then this beer is boiled, it's cooled down, and it's put into the cool ship where it's allowed to cool overnight and have all these spontaneous um, wild yeast strings come not inoculated. And then what then after that is traditionally transferred over into wood barrels where it will continue to age and pick up any other bacteria for the uh, barrels and just create awesome flavors and just really develop as a beer. And typically for two to three years, these beers will be aged. Now, now we, now when the beer is finished, you know, we talk about straight lambic versus goose. I know we've done a goose episode and that's kind of where the goose style comes from. That is where the goose style comes from is the blending of lambics, old and young lambics. So lambic is the precursor to goose. I like right. to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, Rachel, that was a very good synopsis. That was much better than I would have been able to get. Like, as you were talking, it was like, Oh yeah, they do use three-year-old hops and they do have unmalted wheat and that's part of So thank you for that. Um, that was a good refresher for me. All all my notes come from wild beer, wild, wild wild brew, wild brews book in the beers of Belgium book, FYI, for those who wanting to know some good resources. Yeah. And the, um, so it's really funny because the Lambic, so the Brewers Publications has all of these beer sale books. A lot of them need to be updated. We've talked about that on this podcast before, but the very, very first Brewers Publication book was Lambic. Um, You can get it on Kindle. I'm not a Kindle reader. Like I don't, I don't do e-readers. I think I'm just too old and like too ADD to be able to read on a screen very well. But it's one of those books that like when you go to try to buy it somewhere, it's like, oh, this is $300 because it's out of print and people can charge whatever they want. I want to say someone recently, and by recently, I mean like in the past several months had posted that they were able to find it in print somewhere for a reasonable price. If this is was you and you were listening to this, let us know where you were able to find that uh, because I always prefer hard copies of books. But the very first Brewers publication book was on Lambic. You can still get it on Kindle for a reasonable price. And it's, I, I mean, it's really pretty good. Um, it's actually, fun fact, the author of the Lambic book was one of my professors in my UC Davis class that I took because I was like, oh, cool. this guy's name sounds so familiar to me. And I happened to be reading the Lambic book at the same time and was like, hold on a second. And he had mentioned, you know, like you have to do all of the like, hi, I'm Jen, and And, uh, he said something about like, oh, yeah, I used to do a lot of work in beer. And he used to do a lot of work in beer, because I'll still (laughs) like be reading through studies or, you know, or something. And like he work that he's done has been referenced. So there is another Lambic book that's coming out It's actually so we're recording this on September 1st, it's being released tomorrow. Um, It's just is called Lambic, the Untamed Brussels Beer Origin, Evolution, and Future. It's by Raf Mirt. And it, it will be available on the Dry Fontenaine web shop and the hmm. Cantillon web shop. I don't know if it's if they will ship it internationally. So I don't know mm-hmm. if we're based in the US if we'll be able to get it or not. But if you, one of my favorite accounts to follow on Instagram is the Lambic account. So it's lambic.info. And uh, that will be, by the time this episode comes out, that will be 
released into the world, hopefully we'll be, we will be able to get um, copies of it here at some point. And yeah, I like, I'm super excited about that. It's, it's the, I, I'm excited to see how it differs from the Lambic book because I think the Lambic book yeah. as it exists now is already very good. It's written by somebody with actual experience in it. Um, unlike some of the other Brewers publications. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the, the wild brews, the beers of Belgium, um, and then the Lambic book are, you know, three, three, obviously really, really good resources for learning more about Lambic and it's Lambic is one of those styles that it's so hard to explain to somebody what it is. And then like, I remember going to Belgium and I, you know, I'd had Lambic before, uh, but like having it someplace at like Cantillon or just in a little cafe and being like, oh, this is what Lambic is, you know, yeah. kind of like what, like when we were in Munich and, you know, having like a Dunkel and being like, holy shit, I have been lied to about oh. Dunkel my entire life. Right. <laughs> <This is nothing. laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Bluth family not knowing what a chicken looks like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having actual Lambic um, in Brussels is just really unmatched. But there are some, there are people in the United States and elsewhere who are making a Lambic style. So mm -hmm. that's one of the, the things about Lambic is, you know, like to be properly called Lambic, it needs to come from a specific region, um, which is Brussels. Um, and if you're making a Lambic somewhere else, it's more proper to call it Lambic style or to say that it follows the method traditional. And um, that, you know, just goes through like, here's the spontaneous fermentation. Um, and it's something that American breweries worked with Belgian breweries to set up like the method traditional, if you have the seal on your bottle, it means that you followed these certain steps to create this beer, recognizing that you can't create a Lambic in Atlanta, Georgia, but you can create a Lambic style. Yeah. Um, Upland in like that. Indiana has some fantastic Lambics that they make or Lambic style beers that they make. Um, I particularly like their persimmon one, but there are a few places now who are experimenting with making lambic style beers stateside and they're just they're really interesting they're one of those beers that i like to give people who say they don't like beer kind of like a flanders red you know it's like oh i'm not yeah. a beer person it's like oh try this and it's like well this isn't beer it's like ha yeah. it's almost as if beer is not a monolith and it can be multiple <laughs> things <laughs> but yeah let's talk a little bit about the service um like one thing about lambic that i think takes a lot of people by surprise if you're new to lambic is that it's not carbonated right it's going to be flat because it's one it's not going to be forced carbonated um, and also the if we're talking and when we're talking about lambic in this context we are talking about straight lambic we're not talking about goose we're not talking about fruit lambic we're talking about straight lambic uh is the CO2, uh, you know, as the Lambic is aging in barrels, the CO2 is going to escape from that. So Lambic is typically served still. And I think for me, one of the most charming things about Lambic is the basket mm -hmm. that it's served in, which was something I remember as I was learning about beer and like finding other people online who were also learning about beer. The basket was something I had no idea about. And I saw um, another 
another person who was kind of going through the track at the same time I was like post on, I don't know, maybe Instagram or something about how she finally got a Lambic basket and me being like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Am I going to be asked about this um, on the certified? But yeah, so it's the, with the Lambic baskets, it's a basket that's designed such that the bottle lays on an angle. So when you serve it, you're not disturbing any of the sediment or, you know, like bringing that up into the beer. So it keeps it at this nice angle to where all of that sediment stays in the bottom of the of the bottle. Do you have a lambic basket? Nope. I need one. My <laughs> birthday is coming up. By the time sure. this comes out, my birthday will be almost here. So note it. Um, <laughs> Going to Amazon right now. No, not Amazon. You can't buy a lambic basket on Amazon. How do you know? Because you well, no, you can, but you should. Basket Amazon Google. You shouldn't Enter. buy lambic baskets on Amazon. <laughs> where am I going to go, Belgium? <laughs> yes. If I get oh, okay. an Amazon Lambert basket. Well, how about how about PickClick.com? How about PickClick.com? Can I, I buy know. it from PickClick.com? <laughs> I feel like you could buy it from a local oh, producer. Oh, surprise! Surpriser! PickClick.com takes you to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice though. You'd like it. All right, I'm, I'll just pretend like I got it from Belgium. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> anyways, um, after that little distraction, <laughs> uh, I believe Divine Barrel has a lambic basket. Nice. I think I remember them seeing maybe it was just like a picture or Instagram post or something, but. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely can't think of any bar I can go to here in Charlotte that would pull out a lambic basket. Oh, man. Can you imagine going like to me? I would just die. I would be like, just take yeah. all my money. If I went to a beer bar that I ordered a bottle of lambic and they brought it to me in lambic basket, I would be like, you get it. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, there's a couple of places here in Atlanta. I think Brickstore Pub and the Porter. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that because they yeah. properly serve everything if i ever make a lambic i will do that good but i won't make a lambic so. <laughs> not here not at this brewery yeah not here yeah you can get all of that Not in um, this lease <laughs> all of the microflora from all of the condos and apartments yeah man it's a city <laughs> it's beautiful um so yeah so you know what else about lambic what what about oh. the flip Go Another ahead. thing about Lambic that uh, because of the fermentation process and the long aging process, it can attenuate almost to 100%. So it's going to be very dry, have a very, very dry finish. And that's, uh, you won't have very much residual sugar. You really won't have any residual sugar in a straight Lambic. Yeah. And it can take on wood aged qualities as well, because it is being aged in wood. Right. So you can get a little bit of oak or depending on what type of wood, I guess this isn't necessarily oak. I don't think, does Belgium have a certain type of wood that they? I think just French oak. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense where they can get its easiest. Yeah. And so, yeah, with the, you know, back to the service, we've kind of talked about the color and the it's going to be served in a lambic glass, which is usually a jelly glass, uh, which I also think they're very 
pretty. And for me, I think we've talked, or maybe we talked in the, the goose episode, the bonus episode we did for our Patreon listeners about Mort Sabit in Brussels and, you know, how it's like you walk in and it's like you have walked into like 1920s Belgium. And for me, the jelly glass that Lambic has traditionally served in looks very like of that time. Oh yeah. I forgot. It's kind of like to put it, to give you our listeners an idea, it's kind of like a Tom Collins glass kind of. Or Collins glass, mm-hmm. it's not Tom Collins glass, but like us, the jelly glass. Because I feel like when I first saw the jelly glass, I'm like, this is a really weird name for a glass. So I'm thinking maybe it's like a jelly jar type looking. I don't know why it's called a jelly glass, but yeah, it's like a it's like a glass cup, right? Basically, it looks uh, it's cool, but I totally forgot about that specific type of glass. I just made a note. If anybody could, well, I don't think that I would ever want anyone to see the madness that is the whiteboard that I keep next to my desk, (laughs) um, because I'm also running out of space where it's all like esoteric beer things that I'm like, why is that? Or (laughs) like inclusivity stuff that as I hear something or read something, I'll just write it down really quickly. So it's just madness. Um, but I did just write down jelly glass because I know we did our episode on glassware. And I remember somebody, I apologize because I don't think I ever emailed you back, but somebody had emailed about like asking about a specific glass. I think it would be kind of fun to do an episode on, you know, like why is it called a jelly glass? Yeah. And uh, like, because I think glassware, especially is something that's really a kind of an unsung hero of beer, you know, like it changed people's tastes once yeah. people could see what was in their glass. And I think that that's that. And then I've had, how did the shaker pint become used for beer written on this board for like over a year now? So maybe while you're studying for master and I'm resolutely not learning commercial examples, <laughs> I'll just do a deep dive into glass, into the origins. For of every glass origin <laughs> you discover, you learned a commercial example. Okay. Fine. How about that? Fair. <laughs> well, now I am it. not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lambic also won't have uh, much foam on it. And as somebody who recently had a cover story on foam, in Zymergy <laughs> Mag- Magazine, uh, I, I can tell you that that's because you uh, don't have those hop isoalpha acids because you're using a very low al- alpha acid hop. Um, so you're not getting, plus most of the CO2 has already escaped from the beer. So it hasn't been under pressure. So you already don't have a lot of CO2 and then you don't have those isoalpha al- acids that are going to kind of form that protective coating around your CO2 bubbles as they're escaping. So it's going to be uh, virtually no foam, no carbonation. Oh, I have a quick little story, if you don't mind, because I'm running out of things about Lambic to talk about. But last week, um, so well, when this episode comes out, it won't be last week, but in August, I was in Denver proctoring a tasting exam. And I was at the venue, which is the Metropolitan State University of Denver, which is a very cool place. And they were showing me around their, um, you know, there it's the, like, they have a beer program, they have a fermentation program, they've got all this stuff. And they were showing me, I was talking to the director and then the sensory lab manager. 
in the directors they were like well we'll show you where the director's office is in case you need something like i'll be in here and so you know we're standing in front of the office and like i look in and i see he's got a, the copy of zymergy with my article on the cover and i was like oh i see you have zymergy right there that article on the cover that's mine i wrote that and he was like you wrote foamation and i said yeah i did <laughs> and he was like will you autograph this oh <laughs> for me and i was just like seriously yeah like yeah let me find a sharpie and he gets like some like weird ass like purple colored like one of those like big like classroom whiteboard and he's like yeah will you autograph this for me and i was just like how do i autograph (laughs) (laughs) and yeah like yeah like they're both standing there like smiling at me and i was like cheers (laughs) cheers <laughs> Gen B. so i hope he saves it so you know in the future when i'm like well uh well versed and i have like my my signature signature um, when i'm handing out autographs everywhere uh that he can be like look this was back when she was super awkward and didn't know how to sign her name when asked <laughs> for so much money right <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was my little aside about that. That I was like, hmm, no one's ever asked me for my that, when that uh, article came out. My husband came comes upstairs to our apartment. He's like, now this is an article I can get excited about. And I was like, oh yeah, Jen wrote that. He was like, what? <laughs> he did not know. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's like, they need more articles like this. So I was like, that's what happens when women take charge, Jeff. Yeah, that's what happens. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had somebody from my old homebrew club in Chicago who emailed me and was like, I, you know, I was so excited about this article on foam and it was it, like, it was really helpful. And this is something that I wondered about. And then at the, like, when I got finished with it, I wanted to go back and see who wrote it. And it was you. And it was just so great. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll have to do an episode about foam because I've already got the material for it. <laughs> yeah it's actually been on our list yes yes it has been but back to lambic oh yeah sorry forgot we were talking about that (laughs) i know (laughs) so what are some lambic examples commercial examples that we might be able to find god not many like i mean in the states at least like you can go to total line you could get a liniment's Gosh, can you get even a straight lambic? No, you could get no. Renee. Yeah. You could get like a fruit lambic. Yeah. Which most of those have been back sweetened. So they're not. Yeah. They're not the like what a traditional fruit lambic would be. Like if you got a creek in Belgium, it's not going to be the very sweet, like almost Kool Aid like creek that you would get here, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, I'm I in guess the you really, you really need to go to the source mm-hmm. to get a true lambic yeah and i think it's you know you can find some places in the states who again who are doing like a lambic style like i think upland does it really really mm-hmm. well um, i'm trying to think of some other ones that might have it but uh you can find some places here who are doing a version of it but it's not the same thing it's kind of like when you go to europe and you get a new england ipa it's like mm. it's 
God. you know, it's fine, but this is not the same that thing. That sounds like and a horrible idea. Again, the same way when we went to Munich, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh, this is what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so talk, talk a little bit about the, the flavor, because I think we've, I feel like we've kind of talked around it. Gosh, we're talking about, you know, this, God, it is kind of hard to explain this, like, light color, light malted, but almost barnyard, dry, astringent beer. I mean, it, got, it also depends on what type of lambic, too, like. You could get some fruity character, I feel like, and some get some real dry opposite of that, you know, like dry uh, stringency. I mean, uh, what do you, how would you describe? Yeah, like I this think. This wheat, ale, you know, very dexterous, viscosity, vis, high viscosity, like high mouthfeel, like very. <laughs> I'm trying so to like, I don't want to struggling to describe what the flavor of Lambic is, I think is very telling. Yeah. Lambic is a hard thing to describe. I don't even know if I've even had a straight Lambic. Yeah. It's kind of like the, not that I like to bring up the Supreme Court, but it's kind of like the Supreme Court's definition of pornography. I know it when I see it. Like that's kind of Lambic. Like I know it when I taste it. Yeah. But I can't exactly describe it. I did not know that was the de- Supreme Court's definition. Yeah, that's you know that it when you old, see it. <laughs> yeah, that was an old, old, old case. I don't remember the exact case, but I remember having to talk about it in constitutional law, where uh, they were just like pornography. You know it when you see it. Oh, I think maybe it was um, the People versus Larry Flint that that's what mm. they said is like trying to describe, trying to codify what pornography is without infringing on First Amendment rights, maybe. Huh. I don't remember. Anyway, I know Lambic when I taste it. Yeah. It's hard to describe the flavor. It's just, imagine a goose, but flat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know, but I don't, I guess I don't know. I, I, I'm making assumptions based upon my learnings. But yeah, I don't think I've ever had a Lambic. And that is a sad realization. I I'm gonna have to go find. Just gotta go to Brussels. Gotta go to Brussels. Sorry, Jeff. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay here. Watch the brewery. Right. I feel like we can make a soft commitment to revisiting Lambic in like I don't know, maybe in like two years or something when we're just like, we really didn't do that justice. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've actually drank Lambic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right. Yes. Like we need to redo the the slow pour episode um, completely uh, because it's more side pour, not slow pour. And the lucre people are very rude about that is what I've heard. But that's, I guess we did some Lambic stuff in 30 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I didn't live up to your expectations. (laughs) I feel like there is a lot, you know, there's. We gave you good resources. The wild Belgian to learn more. Yes. And of course, the um, Michael Jackson show on YouTube. What is it called? Uh, Fear Hunter. Yes. Fear Hunter on YouTube. They talk about uh, Lambic in the Belgian episode, I believe. That was a good one. Yeah. 
I mean, it's Michael yes. Jackson, though. So it's just kind of like, oh, when you watch it. Right. Oh, like, that guy. Right. He He's was a actually guy. a guy writing about beer who knew about beer. That was a callback yeah. to the last episode. <laughs> Is he an expert or was he a guy writing about beer in 2000? But he's so nice. Yes. You know, I, I remember like, at uh, JBF last year, I think it was JBF judging, talking to one of the stewards who had been stewarding for like 25 years or something. And he was talking about stewarding for Michael Jackson. Wow. And he was like, you know, you knew if you were his steward that you were going to have a very long day because yeah. he, everybody else would have left while, you know, while he is still like filling out score sheets and leaving feedback and stuff. But for me, I think like if I got to judge with Michael Jackson, I would just die. Like I would die yeah. on the spot. And even though they give, they, they blind the judges, somebody out there has score sheets written for them about their by beer Michael by Michael Jackson. And they ah, don't know. They don't cool. even know, you know, <laughs> so they save all do. your score sheets, people. They probably, it's probably like really nice feedback. It's like the worst beer ever. It's just like, but it was just such a lovely presentation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. So thank you for listening. Um, thank you for making it through this tortured episode. <laughs> Oh, stop. We're not that bad. <laughs> if you're still with it, with us, you, uh, you're really a, a, a diehard. You won the prize. Yeah. <laughs> the prize is we will finish this episode. So thank you everyone <laughs> for listening. And uh, you can find us at falsebottomgirls.com. Email us falsebottomgirls at gmail.com or follow us and reach out to us on social media, falsebottomgirls on instagram and facebook rapid fire other kinds of lambic besides clambic i've got cranbic brambic it's a collaboration between bamberg and brussels brambic okay, okay. <laughs> drambic drambic yeah like dram shop axe i guess it's where oh. they serve you too much lambic <laughs> hambic Ugh. Hello, that's right there. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. Trambic, you drink it on the train. Oh. Well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this has been False Bottom Girls, and we make the Bruin world go round. <laughs> <laughs>